I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bank Headlines for Friday. Well, we talked about COVID and the turmoil that could come from the vaccination and all the concerns about that in the NFL. Well, the other shoe has dropped. Two coaches not coaching this year, one for Minnesota, one for New England, because of COVID vaccination-related issues. We'll get into it. More turmoil, Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams breaks off contract talks. This is another end of the Aaron Rodgers story. If he's there, they got the player and they got belief in the future. Here, without the player for sure, other players may be being skeptical of Green Bay and UFC. Not only do we have Jonas, the expert, we got two other best bets for you, including in the championship or the main event, you got San Hagen versus Dillashaw. We got a best bet on that one. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas. Live on a Friday in July. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. You know, this is one of those days... You know, I never went to radio school, wherever that... We'll find out from Jonas where radio school is. I didn't go, but they always say this, you know, it's July in between the NBA and the start even of preseason. It's a Friday. A lot of people... This is when they used to say about Joe DiMaggio, why do you play hard every game? He says, there might be someone in the crowd. That's, this is the only time they're ever going to see me. Well, this is one of those times... Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We'll find out about radio school. It's Jonas Knox in L.A. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a couple of wide receivers in the news in the NFL. One connected closely to Aaron Rodgers. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? So where is radio school, first of all? I mean, I went to an apprenticeship program. Uh, that, that's sort of how I got in. Um, Are you mad but- that I never did that? No, whatever. I don't care. You're like it shows every day, buddy. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I don't. I've never, I've never been one of those. If you didn't go to Syracuse, you don't count. Sort of uh, broadcast. Well, because you didn't go to sports. Syracuse. Yeah, so I just that would have been bothers dumb. Me. Yeah, it never bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't like Bob Costas, is really what you're saying? No, it's. I like uh, anybody that that puts the time in and gets here and and appreciates it and respects it. I'm all in on. That's fine. You know. Yeah. You know what's funny? It's kind of like, and you are truly a UFC expert in my opinion the ufc one of the things you hear people say today is the the level like a chuck liddell in his prime people i've respect would say he would get crushed today he wouldn't yeah. be a top 10 guy. first of all do you agree with that yeah 100 percent. yeah assuming he was the exact person right because yeah. the, the training is so much more advanced the theories it, it went from something that was you know, backyard kind of thing to professional level, but not with the infrastructure 
to something now that some of these 25-year-olds have been doing it for 15 years when they were yeah. kids, and it's just a different level. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and, and Liddell came from, and a lot of those old school guys had one discipline they specialized in. Liddell was a wrestler, and he was a Kempo karate guy, and then he just sort of got into the UFC. Now the guys today grew up training MMA in general. They didn't have just a specialty. They trained MMA from a start, so you're seeing all of these kids advance so fast because of that background. And, and that training is going to involve uh, being at least competent in all the different facets yep. of it. Yep. And to me, that's kind of how media is where, like, look at something like Pardon the Interruption, right? A huge show, one of the all-time shows for success. But you had two new, you know, like newspaper guys that just had a flair on camera. They were fine. You know, or, you know, it wasn't like what they went to school for. They, And there were so few pre- you know, social media, pre-podcasting opportunities like this one, a rare opportunity that you kind of could get, you know, it made sense if you got it, you wanted it. But growing up wanting it would have been tough because there wasn't that many of them, right? Yeah. I guess if you would do local news or something, yeah. But but now there's so many people that's listening to Joe Rogan or listening to Colin Cowherd. It's like, that's what I want to do. It feels like the scholarship around the academics around broadcasting is going to get more and more kind of regimented. Like I'm joking about radio school, but it seems to me with all the jobs in broadcasting, it only makes sense that that's going to get bigger and bigger. Does well, how, that resonate? Yeah, how, how many millionaires do you know that are just, uh, all they do is post videos on Instagram. Like that's it. Like, you know, like back <laughs> in the day, back in the day, you'd have to have some sort of a background, a specialty in something. And all they got to do is hashtag something. It goes viral. It goes on TikTok, and they never have to work again the rest of their life. Oh, okay. Okay. So what you're saying is not that they became millionaires first it's they made their money which kind of goes into the name imaging and rights uh the uh, uh licensing uh what's that acronym name image and likeness yeah so and yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah well to me see i actually disagree with you on that when being dismissive of it because in a weird way if you gain people's attention that is what every uh, TV show and radio show in history has tried to do, right? Like yeah. ultim- the job of this show is to gain people's attention. Yeah, and I'm not hating on it at all. Like, if you can make money, make money. But it's like back in the day when you grew up, they would tell you, all right, if you want to get, if you want to be a millionaire, you got to specialize in something. If you want to, you got to go to school for this amount, you got to do this. Nowadays, you just, you have to have a big following on Instagram. Like, it's just, it, the game has completely changed as far as exposure and how you get rewarded for that exposure. So, is this why you hate? Kim Kardashian so much? No, I don't hate Kim Kardashian. She I mean, was, she, I mean, uh, yeah, very or I guess maybe strategy. the mom would be the one that you know. She was the brains, uh, brilliant businesswoman. Got to give her credit. Oh, no doubt about that. The Vegas lead today is not Instagram. <laughs> it is going to be the COVID turmoil, and you know, let's be precise in the wording: the the vaccine, the vaccination, and the um, resistance of some. And I do think in the case of the two coaches here, it does feel like it's a different story for each one of them, and I think that's going to be illustrative. Yeah, and it happened in Minnesota and New England. Rick Dennison out. He was the Vikings offensive line coach and run game coordinator after refusing a vaccine. And then Cole Popovich is out for at least this season. He was an O-line coach and an assistant with the New England Patriots, both of which COVID-related. So here's an important thing we got to understand first. McKenzie is the actual first cousin of Kyle Shanahan. And Mackenzie loves attention. 
<laughs> I mean, anyone that listens to this show knows that. And he probably mentioned about six times in his notes in different correspondences <laughs> that this Denison fellow, he knew when he was a ball boy. And then when I came in for the pre-show rundown, he said it again. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand. You know, actually, I think this is better. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mackenzie wants the spotlight. Step into the spotlight. So tell us about your relationship. Rick Dennison, well, he was the offensive line coach at the Denver Broncos during my tenure there. And his son. Whoa, 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 wait. Your tenure <laughs> as a ball boy? Yes, my three-year tenure as a ball boy during the summers. Do you, do you, do you get a uh, pension for that? No, and I don't think I would have got a team ring if we won it, which we didn't. <laughs> oh, you, you, were, you were thinking about it. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was. All right, anything else can actually, that can actually help the yeah, listeners? his son Joe actually went to school with me at Yale. Really great guy. And uh, you oh, know, shout out look, to Joe. He, he got a chance yeah. to mention <laughs> Yale, too. Yeah. I, I, I know. This is like a dream. <laughs> like, Guess who only- shows up? For no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dog in him. <laughs> you, man. That's a big difference between McKenzie and I. I grew up around Dennison's Chili. Uh, he grew up around uh, Rick Dennison, the football coach, and he's got to brag about Yale to go along with it. I thought you were going to talk about like Eastern South Carolina, whatever school <laughs> no, you went to. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. What school did you went to college, right? No, didn't. Oh, well, no. see, the fact that that surprises me, well, one, it shows I'm not an academic snob because I've never, <laughs> after three years, I didn't know that. Or maybe I'm just self-involved. I don't know. But <laughs> but I would have thought you would. I mean, because a person is, well, I didn't know you when you were 18 or 19. Well, you were, um, you seem like you were more serious than your age since I've known you. Where, like, you're just mature for your age might be the right. Were you mature for your age at, like, 19? Like, um, the, like we, no, I mean, looking back, I don't think anybody feels like they were. I, well, it's I, all relative. It's relative. Yeah. I, I just, like, I, I had planned on on taking the traditional college route, and then some, you know, family stuff had, had come up, and I needed to help out and take care of stuff at home. And then, um, you know, uh, okay. the opportunity to go to a broadcasting school to be able to maybe, you know. Radio uh, school, they Yeah, call it. yeah. And so I went to, uh, <laughs> I went to went to that radio school that's no longer in existence. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where my path began. Okay, so then, that, yeah. then my sense is right. If it wasn't for you still Stepping up and, and, and helping out the family for the reason that you needed to at the time, you would have probably naturally gone. What school did you have your eye on? I was going to probably go to a junior college for a couple of years and then transfer. I, I you know, something in state in California, San Diego State or something like that. It's kind of weird been, that McKenzie yeah. goes, not yeah, I'll tell you that much. I'm, yeah, like, why I, would he I say that, that to you? I, I don't know. I think he thought his mic was off. It's, I uh, mean, <laughs> <a little bit laughs> all right. So a lot of fun there. We're straight out of Vegas. But all joking aside, it feels like this fellow for the Vikings, it's like he's, I don't want to say obstinate, but it's like I'm not taking it, whatever the consequences are. That's your sense, McKenzie? Yes, he's had a 27-year career. He said it's not worth it for one more year. It it was, uh, yeah, that was my sense as well. And the question is, when you say not worth it, did we get any sense in the reporting and Mackenzie first, and then Jonas, if you've got anything, uh, that, that what he felt like this um, trade-off was, uh, as in not worth it, what was the negative to him? All I've seen is that he refused to take it. No rationale I've seen in the reporting. Have you seen anything? Uh, I, I've just seen that he refused to take it. Yeah, I haven't seen any sort of, you know, what the future was, that, that he was on his way out after this year or anything like that. He just didn't want to be a part of it. So we're going to speculate here, and let's say it, 
because then it's fine. We don't want to act like we know something we don't know. But it strikes me this doesn't make logical sense unless it's representative of something to that person. Meaning, the flag. Let's say burning the flag. There's some people that wouldn't burn the flag. You know, maybe f- even at the penalty of death. Right? There's people that really feel that strongly about it. It's not that that piece of cloth means anything to them. It's what the flag represents. I don't think anyone, and there could be, but I don't think anyone thinks the mathematics of it. Even if you believe, you know, extreme reporting, or not even reporting, but 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 rumors, or however you want to say it, of there's been 450,000 people that died from the vaccine. And again, this is something you'll see on the fringes. And I'm not, listen, what I know for sure is the government's not telling you everything. I know that for sure. I don't have any idea what real numbers are, whatever. So I, I'm, I have no opinion on it. But there is a belief system I guess my opinion is I don't know. That's my opinion. I got I got an opinion. I just don't know enough to have a take on. I, I look around. I don't see a lot of people dropping dead from it. But it doesn't mean that it's not more risky than maybe the numbers so far coming from the government are telling you. Because we all know you don't have to read too much to know that the government is going to do what's best for the government, and that's not just the United States. That's pretty much everywhere. So. I don't think people who are skeptical of the vaccine are dumb. I don't think they're crazy. Amongst the group that's skeptical, I can't really tell you what the logic is with all of them. I know generally it's like this is more dangerous than it seems like, than they're telling us, seems to be the feeling. Jonas, I mean, you are on social media a good bit. Would you say, and again, not trying to say if it's right or wrong, but. It's more dangerous than they're telling us, seems to be the general negativity that the, those are, that are anti-vaccine are putting out there. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, I think there's a feeling that the pressure to get it, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit odd. And, and some people will point to, you know, the, you know, the vaccines you get as a kid and, and all of that. But, you know, to go from, you know, uh, all of this you feel like you're being painted into a corner that they're telling you you have to do this or this is going to happen. I just think some people have felt a little bit, I don't know if threatened is the right word, but, but the oh, pressure. Bullied. Bullied. Yeah. yeah, pressure. yeah, yeah pressure. Yeah. That's, that's a good word. And then also the fact that if they decide not to do it, you know, their wishes aren't respected. Instead, they're picked on and, and ridiculed and mocked for it. Um, and I think that sort of has led to this, this line in the sand where if one side is here, the other side is there. And, and if you're on the opposite, you're in the wrong, which is where we are. And I think what you're saying is a variation on what I'm saying is the mathematics of what they believe the risks of the vaccine are part of it, but not enough, you would think, to quit a job, a high-paying job over. But then you add in, I'm not going to be told what to do, that mentality, which is American. right? I'm not saying in every case it's right, but it's American. And, and also, I do want to point out that the Vikings did release a statement a short time ago in regards to the situation. They said uh, the Vikings continue to hold discussions with offensive line coach Rick Dennison regarding the NFL, NFLPA COVID-19 protocol, protocols for training camp and preseason games. At this time, Coach Dennison does not have an exemption to the vaccine requirements Whoa. of those protocols. We will adhere to the requirements of the protocols and of applicable law. So it feels like the door is not completely shut. 
from which Miami. is very I got to tell you that is fascinating yeah because what's going to happen is if I wonder if it's the and again speculating is it the NFL that's saying hey let's try to smooth this over yeah because this could really create the last thing the NFL wants is the 40% or whatever that aren't necessarily anti-vaccine but are sympathetic with that political side. And again, I think 40, 40, 20 in the middle is a pretty good guess in the kind you know, like President Trump never went under 40, right? So even during the worst times, public perception-wise didn't. And no president's ever gone over 60. I mean, they will, like for like George H.W. after the invasion uh, to free Kuwait or whatever, that was, he was up at 87. But I mean, and over any period of time, there's not going to, you know, 64, you're fighting for the 20 in the middle, typically, politically. Yeah. So if the NFL looks too draconian, too tough on those that are sympathetic, for those that don't want the vaccine, that could cause some people to have. Now, listen, we can talk about the NBA's ratings and say it's unrelated, but I think it's almost unquestionable a certain percentage of those not watching the NBA has been kind of in protest to uh, an ethos that they don't agree with, the politi- you know, political beliefs that the NBA is front and center with, I think has turned some people off. Now, we can debate what percentage of the drop off that is, but the last thing the NFL wants is that, it seems. Agreed. And the part that I'm still a little bit confused on, because he's considered a tier one staff member, and the requirements for tier one staff members are. You must, in order to get a pass from the NFL on taking the vaccine, you must provide a quote valid religious or medical reason to do so. I think we all maybe can understand what the medical reason. What's what's the the religious requirements on that? Like what like what do you need to provide in order to get that sort of? I you mean, know, pass? I'm no authority, but. Is it there's the one where they don't even take at, and I don't want to say the one where they I don't want to other them but the uh, there's a religion in which like even aspirin or something is not okay. The, yeah. Mackenzie, you, you have any idea they teach you at Yale? Christian science <laughs> believes I believe that. Uh, so Christian that. science apparently. Okay. So you could see there being and, and again that's a good way to cut you know and give the NFL credit. They're not going to try if it truly, you know, it's just like a conscientious objector in the war. Yeah. We can all laugh at that. But I mean, like Ali eventually received that status from the Supreme Court. Right. Or he would have went to jail. So I, I, I don't know if there's much there other than them trying to cover their bases in, in a good way, I think. But but it does bring up a last point, at least to this part of the conversation. And we were you know, on this yesterday, the whole conversation is does your political uh, side, is it almost where it should be a protected class? So the idea of a protected class is, okay, if you're a group that's been oppressed or where it's been hard, you know, the society at large has been hard on you, then you can't have a club that says no blacks or no Jews or no whatever that is a protected class. But... You can say, I don't like, you know, uh, a certain, I don't like his personality, so I'm not letting him in my club. That's fine, right? That's a private club's right. Is it to the point now, if you're left or right, that the other side is going to try to oppress you if they can? I mean, I don't think it's possible to believe that in Silicon Valley, that if you come in, and there's been reports of this, if you're a big Trump guy in Silicon Valley, you're, it's, you're probably not going to get certain jobs. 
Yeah. And you could say in reverse in Texas or, you know, a hotbed of, uh, you know, right conservative politics that if you come in and you're, you know, a New York liberal, you're going to have trouble. I mean, I'm not trying to make it the same thing because obviously protected classes have uh, been oppressed and, and hurt for a long, long time and in severe ways. But boy, it does feel like these days it's gotten so hot politically that if you're the other side, some kind of protections might be in order. I'm not saying the same. Last word on that, Jonas. Yeah, I, it's um, there's just no ability for people to to compartmentalize someone being a liberal or whatever their religious beliefs are nowadays, but still being a good person. Like uh, if, if you believe in like, there's just no, the ability to compartmentalize just doesn't seem to exist for a lot of people now. It's weird. And, and you know what? To some degree, I've often said this, if for most people who are against abortion, they believe that, it's, you know, it's a baby. So it's kind of, you know, it'd be hard for that person to say, yeah, I think you're doing this to a baby and it won't, no reason to even make it, you know, and, but, but Hey, I like you. And the same, you know, if you're on the left and you believe that Donald Trump was like Hitler, then it's kind of hard to say, oh, you support Hitler, but I like you. I, I'm not saying they're right. I, what I'm saying is it gets so heated not just because they're they're taking things that don't matter and ramping them up, but the the stakes do matter so much that I guess I can see how they get there. But to me, the biggest problem with it is, how does it ever resolve itself? I mean, when we were negotiating with Japan at the end of World War II, millions of people had died, or you know, hundreds of thousands of people had died. But it was still, we're going to talk to them to try to get a ceasefire so let's, you know, the next people don't die. So I hear you, but I also can see from a zealot why they think like they do. I just don't understand where that goes. And if it really is important, you got to rise above that, I would think. All right. That's the come together moment of the day. When we come back, we'll look at the Patriots coach. And this looks like it's not quite as political. It's an interesting comparison between the two. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into another story vaccine-related in the NFL, but this one involving the Patriots. All right, Jonas, let's back up. You can. I think I might be turning the station at that point. Let's make it more, another vaccine <laughs> story. We're, we're gonna get, how's this sound? We're going to get to the heart of the conversation that's across the whole country. Everyone's talking about it, but are they talking about the right issues? Now that what do you think, Jonas? You like that? Yeah, I mean, I you know I can spin it if we want to give it another try. I can. Uh, do it, do it better, I <laughs> no, I think we've done it. <laughs> it is a great day to join. By the way, multiple best bets coming up, and I just decided because of Jonas's intro at six forty-five, right after that Eastern, we got two UFC best bets from AJ Hoffman. You got a best bet this weekend, Jonas? Off your win? I can think of one. 
All right? And I'm given an NFL best bet that's related to Aaron Rodgers. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you spreading the word. Thank you. We keep working extra hard to have a show that's entertaining, provocative, thought-provoking, and profitable each day. And the weekends are great because you can listen to anything you missed. You can do that anytime, but the weekends is a good catch-up time. Just go to your favorite pod player and search for Straight Out of Vegas podcast every day for free here in Vegas on the Strip. 105 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, ESPN's Mike Reese reported earlier today that Patriots co-offensive line coach Cole Popovich will not be with the team for at least 2021 in a decision related to the COVID-19 vaccine and the NFL guidelines. Uh, there was also a Jim, McGru- Jim McBride rather, of the Globe there in Boston who also reported, uh, and he was the first on it, that Popovich won't be with the team moving forward. So speculation again here, but if you read the re- reporting on this, the terminology and Mackenzie, you can kind of show the the sentences or the words that feel like this. It feels like this was a more mathematical probability because of specifics of Popovich's. Um, health circumstances. And again, we're not trying to speculate in places we shouldn't, but could you kind of give us an indication, Mackenzie, why you think that's the case? Sure. So instead of saying he's not with the team due to a refusal, in this instance with Popovich of the Patriots, it says he's not not with the team due to a decision, no noun, just a verb, a decision related to the COVID and NFL guidelines, as if nobody's making the decision, as if they regret having to let this guy go. And the very fact that they're not making it permanent, it does, and let's be candid, against speculation, but Belichick is no nonsense. If there was some sense that this guy's playing you know, games because of uh, politics, Belichick's not going to mess with that. I don't care what the politics are, right? He's going to get serious about winning football. That's his politics, right? And Vegas is about making money. Belichick is about winning games. It feels like this is being done with the least amount of negativity possible by the Patriots. So that makes me feel like there's more of a decision there. Does that feel right to you? We're guessing here, Jonas, but does that feel like a good guess? Yeah, and I also wonder if the Patriots saw some of the blowback the Vikings got for how they handled Dennison, and maybe the Patriots thought, you know, let, let's let's take a, a different approach in, into how we release the news here. McKenzie, during the break, was making an interesting point. Let's say that the politics were a 100-yard football field. So one and one one-yard line is the most extreme on the left, the other one-yard line most extreme on the right. Now, what's the best you could hope for if you have an apolitical league, meaning a league like the NFL that doesn't seem to have a political agenda? Well, the 50-yard line, it seems like, would be splitting it down the middle, baby. But the extreme people on the left think or the extreme people on both sides think that that decision is about 49 yards off. And yeah. you, the worst thing to do, the NBA, you're going to have where it, they seem to be proudly a progressive league politically. It's going to irritate some people on the right, but it's going to cause some people on the left to wrap their arms around it even more. So you can debate, is that worth it or not? But at least there's a benefit business-wise. Here, if you have both sides thinking the NFL did wrong, 
I'm not, that's not a winning situation. So to me, what the NFL wants more than anything is for this to be less of a story. And it feels like that's why I'm speculating with the Vikings, maybe because it became a story because of it, the seeming harshness of the Vikings' decision. It, it seems in the best interest of the NFL as a league to try to tamp that down. And I think that's what we're going to see here is how can the NFL maximize the chance that there isn't a COVID outbreak that actually affects games? And you can see them with the way they're saying game checks are going to be lost. They're taking that very seriously. But then, if there has to be decisions made otherwise, let's try to make them with the least amount of press and the least amount of controversy. Because you know what? They want to play games, and they don't want to make anyone mad. That, you know, cause of politics. That's the two goals of the NFL And when it comes to this. And I think – and they, they want the welfare of the people. But let's be honest. That's not what they're thinking about. They're thinking about the money. And I don't blame them. They're a business. Do you disagree with any of that, Jones? No, I, I think that this is still such a fluid situation that there's a lot of people that are finding themselves in, in difficult spots. Like the Bills earlier, I want to say a few weeks ago, they came out and Sean McDermott, their head coach, acknowledged that, yeah, you know, if it came down to it uh, between choosing a player that was vaccinated and not vaccinated to make the roster, we would lean towards the player that was vaccinated. Well, they got a lot of pushback to where they had to come back around and say, well, you know, what we meant was this. And, and I feel get a similar vibe to what the Vikings did. The fact that they came out with the statement in which they said, no, 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 no. We're still in discussions about it. Feels to me like they, they, they saw some of the heat that was coming. They saw how it was perceived publicly. And now they're trying to sort of figure their way around this and sort of smooth it out. And I think there's a lot of people that are finding themselves in that spot right now. And I think this is something that not that long ago in the country we looked at, and let, let me give an example. Imagine you're a high school team or a college team, but you're not big Division One. You're Division Three. It's a, it's a uh, basketball program, and you have a choice of an assistant coach. And one of the assistant coaches is a typical person and able-bodied, and the other one's in a wheelchair because of an accident years ago or something. Assuming that every facility the the school used and every bus and everything and again maybe the handy uh capped uh complying or whatever would be the case regardless but at a time where it wasn't and i'm not even sure if it is now when it wasn't if you look at the coach and he said you know something those two were tied and the two guys but having to deal with that wheelchair all the time i picked the other guy as bad as that sounds that's what human beings typically do all the time and to me if the bills are saying hey they're, they're even and one guy's going to cause us a problem otherwise well who would say no take the problem guy the difference is when it's someone in a wheelchair that is there because of no choice of their own the better angels of our nature make us want to say we can't punish someone for that and I, I agree that would be the goal, but we all know the distance between the ideal and reality, even in our own hearts, is there's a distance there. And to me, that Bill's answer makes a ton of sense. It also makes a ton of sense people is going to be offended by that because they're saying, hey, that person has a political belief. Why would he be punished? You know why? Because it's easier. And we do a lot of things as human beings because it's easier. I, Jonas, if you were the coach... 
Would you pick the guy in the wheelchair or not? Well, I wouldn't come out publicly and give the reason why I would do it. Like that's that. I mean, that's that's just, a good you, answer. And, and I and I think probably the NFL might have seen the Bills take that that direction and go, "Come on, man! Like we can't." Like we all understand what's happening here, but there's a way to go about it. You got to play the PR game sometimes, and and I think that there's some people that have fi- found themselves in tough spots in regards to that. And the money always wins. The money always wins, Jonas. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. How many? How long would it take me, Jonas, to come up with a name worse than the Cleveland Guardians? It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, that might be the worst. I mean, I could go to the bathroom during this break and come back with 15 better names than that. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you do something to play off Major League, like the, you know, the Cleveland Wild things or or anything? Or or something that doesn't feel like you want to be on your knees in regret for the former name (laughs) the rest of eternity. Yeah. I mean, mean, marketing 101 is let's forget about that and move on. But what we know is it is all about the money. We just heard the Big 12. Well, we got best bets coming up. Jonas Knox off a, an easy winner. <laughs> Two of them additional in the UFC from A.J. Hoffman. And I'm going to tie together the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and the Minnesota Vikings in one NFL best bet from R.J. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., it is a Friday, which means we send people into the weekend with multiple best bets. We, like Bill Murray and Caddyshack, where he didn't get, he got stiff by the Dalai Lama, but he had, like, perf- eternal happiness. At least he had that going for him. <laughs> We're going to give you four best bets, three of them in the UFC. First, A.J. Hoffman. And actually, AJ's coming on full time with us. He uh, is still finishing up in Houston. This is like in a week he'll be here. And uh, he should be a key part of the show. He is a UFC expert and a radio, full time radio guy. He's been winning a lot with these picks. I don't know what they are. So I'm going to say let's go to best bet number one. Best bet, Adrian Yanez by KO or TKO at minus 110. There's a fantastic matchup of two guys who are going to be looking for a big knockout win. They have a lot in common, but there's some key differences that lean me towards Yanez here. Yanez, a lifelong striker, boxed since he was a child, and it shows his technique is on par with the best guys in the UFC. Costa probably has more pure power. But Yanez has never been finished in a fight. The other thing that makes me like Yanez here is he's battle-tested. Costa was one of the least prepared guys to make it to the UFC on paper. Came in with a 4-0 record, less than three minutes of cage time. He's been to a second round once and looked completely gassed before he lost that fight. Yanez is battle-tested. He knows that surviving Costa's initial flurries is going to put him in the driver's seat where I think he gets a second-round finish. What do you think of that, Jonas? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, AJ would know better than I would as far as just the in-depth research on the amount of time he spent in the cage and all that. <laughs> like, that's that's a real UFC expert. I, I don't have that sort of in-depth knowledge for sure. All right, all right. We'd like to get your opinion, though. You've been on a hot streak. Now, second and final one, best bet number two from AJ Hoffman. Main event, TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I'm going to go with Sanhagen inside the distance at minus 120. TJ's coming off a long drug suspension and now comes into this fight as a 35-year-old man, not the fresh-faced young buck that took 135 by storm back in 2014. Sanhagen, obviously on the short list of future contenders at Bantamweight, and after he blitzed through Frankie Edgar in 28 seconds, he solidified himself as a legend killer looking to take the torch. The next legend should be TJ here, who's not fought since 2019, has not won since 2018. His chin was already becoming a question back then. It has to be a concern now. It's hard to picture Dillashaw controlling him too much with his wrestling and if he can't keep Sanhagen on the mat it's almost impossible for me to picture this fight lasting five rounds Corey Sanhagen inside the distance minus 120 what do you think of that Jonas that was exactly the pick that I was gonna make which is all why right I double best bet yeah, baby yeah that was exactly the one uh Sanhagen's awesome his one recent loss was against Aljamain Sterling it was sort of a caught him quick in a choke early in the fight there was no real damage done but since then he's been dominant including that great knockout a knockout of the year contender against Frankie Edgar who's one of the all-time greats and then you got Dillashaw as he pointed out coming off a lengthy drug suspension to go five rounds against a killer in his prime like Corey Sanhagen I think uh, he's a minus 200 favorite a two to one favorite just to win the fight but at minus 110 to 120 depending on where you look to win inside the distance I love Sanhagen as well too I mean think about this we got the the pearl the beautiful voice of Jonas the knowledge obviously AJ is a professional radio guy both giving you UFC picks I kind of feel <laughs> proud right now I mean for me they had to give me a, a phonetic spelling on Na- San Hagen and, and and there were two of them and they were spelled different there was different <laughs> phonetic spellings on each of them that's where I'm at with this stuff here's what I'll say moving to the NFL I'll give a, a more detailed pick on this. In the, uh, you know, in the next week or two, but I'll give you the pick pretty quick right here. I want the Bears to win the NFC North. Here's why. They got a new quarterback. I mean, they got their baseline with Andy Dalton, but there's a chance. And whenever you're picking an underdog, and we're getting 4-1 to one on this, 4-1 to one on the Bears. Whenever you're picking an underdog, you're worried about the top quartile of the performances they could give you. And the Bears could very well have quarterback play much better than Andy Dalton. If you're betting an over-under, you care about the top 50%. So you always got to ask yourself, what extremes are you looking at with the bet? And in this case, we're looking for a nice 4-1 to extreme. The Bears could be better. We know they – at quarterback, we know they have a good defense. We can debate, has it fallen off a little bit? Oh, for me, it's more about this. Minnesota, I wasn't totally sold on. Today's disruption, and it is going to be politically in that locker room, is a negative. And we know with Aaron Rodgers, there's a chance he won't even be there. But if he is, this is a guy that's had not great years, five of the last six years. The one year was when he was extra motivated. Is he going to be extra motivated now? I don't think so. Bears 4-1 to to win the division. We'll get into more details soon.
If you missed any of today's show, including multiple best bets and a look at the latest news surrounding vaccine issues with multiple teams in the NFL, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 